Blog Talk Radio. on allhabs.net with your host, Christy. All right, welcome everybody to episode 147 of the Habs 360 podcast here featuring allhabs.net. I'm Chris G at Chris G1980 on Twitter for this Saturday, September 26th, 2015. And well, we'll be with you here for the next 60 minutes to bring you the latest on the Montreal Canadiens, and as you know, it's always a busy week when it comes to the Canadiens. We are in training camp. Canadiens have played three preseason games. They've lost all three of them. On the Tuesday, they lost 2-1 to one against the Toronto Maple Leafs at the Bell Centre. That was in overtime. That was probably the quickest uh, three-on-three hockey we've uh, we've seen where we didn't really get a chance to see any of it as the game ended 16 seconds into overtime. And then on Thursday night, Montreal Canadiens faced the uh, Washington Capitals at the Bell Centre. And while the Canadiens lost once again 4-3 in a shootout. And on last night against the Chicago Blackhawks, Canadians lost 5-1 to one against the Chicago Blackhawks and in a game where it was the Chicago Blackhawks from a beginning to end. Joining me for this episode, he'll be my co-host. Twitter handle, Twitter handle excuse me, is uh, allhabs, all in one word, no more underscore. He's the owner and editor-chief of the Allhabs Network of Sites, Rick Stevens. Welcome back. Glad to be here, Chris, and to be co-hosting again this week. And you're right, underscore no more. It's just all Habs. You can find us on Twitter, 
Instagram, just about anywhere as All Habs. And also we did mention last week that the All Habs section did uh, do some changes during the off-season. In particular, you can go to the uh, a new podcast section on allhabs.net and you'll be able to find uh, all our episodes very easily. If not, you can also go to iTunes, search Habs360 and subscribe. And like that, all new episodes will be downloading for you uh, automatically. So, the game against the Capitals, I guess it was a controversial decision. I guess people were looking for a storyline. But uh, Brian Flynn, who was sent by uh, the coach to uh, to go for the shootout, he was the third shooter, tried to win the game. He wasn't successful. And, well, let's get some instant analysis. You know, you, you're going to fall down when, when I say this, but I think Tyrion made an excellent decision. Oh, wow. So there you go, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> so it was an excellent decision by, uh, made by uh, the coach. Rick, that's one of the players. You're going to play that goes. all season. Yeah, it's, it's one of the, the perks of pushing the buttons <laughs> on, uh, <laughs> on, uh, on Hatch 360. All right, so we'll get it started. And last week we spoke about the offense for the Montreal Canadiens. On uh, today's episode, we're going to start with uh, the, the goaltending. And well, let's start with who we think will be the starting goaltender. Uh, well, we know he's going to be the starting goaltender, Carey Price. I mean, yeah, I think he's you know he's a guy that you know he's a down to earth guy, so nothing's gonna you know influence him in a negative way or make him seem like he he's got a big head at all. I mean, that's not the guy that he is, and he's a guy that works hard, and I think um, just his his mentality, I think, will you know he can have a so that was at Jeff Petrie at the Canadian Golf Tournament. If you look at Carey Price's stats last season in 66 games, he had a record of 44, 16, and 6 with a 196 goals against average, a 933 save percentage, 9 uh, shutouts, and he won the Vezina, he won the Hart Trophy, he, he won the Williams Jennings Trophy while he was a co-winner with uh, Corey Crawford. And he won the 10 Lindsay Awards. So that's a, quite a season that Carey Price had. And Rick, we just heard Jeff Peachy, who said that he thinks Carey Price can repeat a season like last year's. Uh, what do you think? Can Carey Price repeat it? We, we posted an article this week on allhabs.net. Uh, can, can Carey Price repeat? Can he be the Vesna winner once again? And we looked at kind of what has to happen uh, for him to get there. I, I think it's, um, you know, saying, oh, sure, he can repeat, kind of um, under underestimates the kind of season he had last year. The season he had last year was, was purely extraordinary. Um, the, Canadians, the Canadians were, uh, with respect to offense, um, if you look at um, the, the advanced stats, the score-adjusted Corsi, they were 22nd in the league in offense. When you look at them, um, shot attempts allowed per 60 minutes, the Canadians were 23rd in the league. Um, so the Canadians weren't good at offense. They weren't good at defense, be, despite what people said. They were simply good at one thing. They were good at having Carey Price in goal most nights. Um, his season was tremendous. His stats were uh, unreal for uh, the kind of team around him. And um, 
you know, for for him to repeat in those categories, he has to do exactly the same thing. The Canadians have to, um, you know, the Canadians were relatively free of of, of injuries last season. Um, I don't know if if you look at at uh, the hockey news, uh, they they predict that uh, the top three will be uh, Braden Holtby, Carey Price, and Jonathan Quick. Um, with Braden Holtby coming out as the winner for the Vesna, in their opinion, um, certainly when you look at at um, the teams surrounding those those uh, other two goalies. Capitals have just a, a solid defense um, and some firepower up front, tremendous power play. Uh, the Kings are always one of the best possession teams in, in the league. Um, the, the thing that Kerry has going for him, he's proven that he's capable of, of, of picking up and carrying this, this team on his back by himself. I think it's going to be a, a tough thing for him to do. I'd much rather see... Um, the team be be a much better supporting cast uh, for his season. Um, I, you know, if if he doesn't win the Vezina, if um, that's okay with me, as long as as the team contributes uh, in a much stronger way. We haven't seen that in the preseason. Um, you know, it's kind of been business as usual with with uh, the dump and chase, the lack of offense. Um, struggles on the power play, although uh, that might change um, some of the changes being made there. But I personally, I think it would be very tough for uh, Carey Price to repeat the kind of season he had last season. I agree. Well, I think it'll, it'll be it'll be tough, and not because he doesn't have the skill set. He definitely does have the skills to uh, to repeat it, but everything else has to go right. And I could see it from now at the end of the season. Well, I guess it will say in the month of June, if uh, Carey Price doesn't win the uh, the Vezina Trophy again, we're going to hear the, those price hitters coming out again. They were quiet last year, but if he doesn't win it this year or he doesn't uh, able to match the stats that he had last season, we're gonna we're gonna hear them. And well, those people would definitely be be wrong because well. Everybody in his right mind know that Carey Price, he's he's an elite goaltender in uh, in the NHL. He has been fair. He has been fair. The two guardians of the have been fair. So I retain this match. So that was uh, the coach Terry following uh, this week's game against the uh, Washington Capital. It was a split game between uh, Tokarski and Michael Condon. If we look at the uh, the stats for both these goaltenders, Dustin Tokarski, he allowed three goals on 22 shots. And not only that, he did, he was looking very shaky. It looked very often that like he had no idea where the puck was. And he didn't seem confident in goal. And then midway through the second period, Mike Condon came in. It was planned. It wasn't because uh, of Tokarski's performance. He came in and shut out the Capitals for the balance of the game and in uh, the the overtime. So Condon allowed, uh, shut up, sorry, the Capitals on uh, 21 shots. And tonight it was announced against the Toronto Maple Leafs that Michael Condon will be the starting goaltender for the Canadians when they face the Leafs at uh, the ACC at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. 
And well, Rick, I'm starting to think that Dustin Tokarski should start being worried about losing his spot as the backup goaltender for the Montreal Canadiens. It's it's certainly uh, in the discussion. It's certainly possible. And, um, you know, Habs fans were a bit uh, turned off, uh, many of them last year, uh, when uh, Tokarski kind of usurped the role from from uh, Peter Budai and, and he was shipped out. Um, but Tokarski's in that a similar kind of position um, this year. He didn't have a great season last year. Uh, as you said, he... He didn't look good in in that preseason game. Um, you know, Tokarski is is a smaller goaltender, and because of his crouch and 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 his style, he plays even smaller. Um, so he has to be very athletic and acrobatic, and and be a battler uh, to try and and uh, cut off those gaps. And um, you know he's having trouble. I noticed in in the game uh, this week he was playing a bit deeper, um, and uh, you know that might allow him to get across uh, post to post quicker. But but he was leaving a lot lot of space around him. Uh, Mike Condon, um, he's looked very good in camp, uh, and and maybe that shouldn't be a surprise. He um, he had a very good season on a very bad team in Hamilton last year. Um, I know there was controversy at times uh, in Hamilton last year because uh, Joey McDonald got uh, a fair number of the starts and fans, uh, you know, would have preferred to see Condon uh, being um, the goaltender, that, of, uh, you know, that, that, that was being groomed and, and, uh, and certainly was, was providing better numbers. Um, Condon uses his size. He's 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 a bigger goaltender, six two. He he uses his size very well in net. Um, he's very strong in his skates, strong in his his pushes. Um, so, I, you know, I I might be surprised to see um, uh, Condon start the season in Montreal. I you know he's not going to play much, um, and that would put him in a, a tough position when he has to come in. I I think. Uh, going down to St. John's and being the number one there is probably the best, uh, the best for him. Um, but you know, for the for the first time in a while, we got uh, a bit of a discussion about uh, goaltending because uh, we have Zach uh, Pucali uh, today. Eddie Pasquale uh, was, uh, as part of the first cuts, was sent to St. John's. Um, so we have potentially. Condon, Pucali, and Pasquale. And Pasquale, um, you know, he's been out with a, a hip injury, um, sat out all of last year, and, and uh, but he was a real fan favorite in, in St. John's uh, when part of the, the Winnipeg Jets organization. So, um, you know, could we see Pucali uh, in the ECHL, the Brampton Beast, um, you know, to be sure he gets enough starts? Could we see uh, Condon... Um, backing up price there's there's a lot of moving pieces here and it's it's going to be interesting to see how it all sorts out and and it's it's uh, it wouldn't be a first time that there's a goalie controversy in montreal but for what it's for the backup goalie position and not for uh, the starting goaltender and when it comes to Tokarski and condon well we'll see tonight how his performance against the leafs uh, goes 
But one thing that goes against Condon, or I guess we could say the other way around, something that it's in the favor of Dustin Tokarski is that uh, Condon has a two-way contract, Tokarski has a one-way contract. And if I'm not mistaken, if the Canadians want to send down Tokarski to uh, the ice caps, he'll have to clear waivers. So that's uh, definitely uh, an aspect that the Canadians will will keep in mind when uh, when making their decision. And it could be very well the Canadians playing Condon tonight just to see what he'll bring. And like that, if they need him on later in the season, they'll, they'll be more confident into bringing him up. In terms of Zach Fukali, he played one game this week. It was against the Toronto Maple Leafs on a Tuesday night. Well, he played half a game, I should say. He, he allowed two goals on 16 shots, including the overtime goal, which was scored 16 seconds in by Jeff Gartner to give the Leafs a 2-1 win. So the Canadians, as Rick mentioned, sent down 17 players today, and it also includes... And sorry, that doesn't include Michael McNiven, who was sent down yesterday to the OHL. He was the only player that was sent down to his junior team. The rest were sent to uh, to the Ice Caps for training camp, which begins, if I'm not, mis- if I'm not mistaken, it begins uh, tomorrow. And earlier this week, Michael McNiven was signed to a, a three-year contract on Thursday before being sent down to uh, OHL on uh, on Friday. And... Rick, do you going back to Dustin Tokarski just to finish up on this uh, subject? Does he have any value if the Canadians look to chop him around? Um, it's it's a good question. I um, personally, I don't think so. Given given his season last year, um, if if a team's looking for a, you know a cheap backup, maybe. But um, I, I think that his his value which which may have been um you know coming off the the uh, playoffs against uh, the rangers um two years back might have might have been reasonable is is just not there now um i think i think tokarski's got to uh, kind of play his way back into this have um some strong outings in the remainder of the um exhibition season and and show that um, he's the best candidate for, you know, it's uh, it's a tough role uh, getting uh, very few starts and then being able to come in and and um, and start. We have no idea if Condon's, uh, you know, capable of doing that. We have some degree of of confidence that Tokarski can do that if he can get on his game. Um, but uh, so the, I, I guess that's what he has going for for him. But I don't see. I don't see Tokarski being involved in the trade necessarily. And as you said, um, you know, there's, there's now um, a, a really nice mix uh, of depth. Uh, Michael McNiven had a really good training camp. He wasn't, uh, surprisingly, I guess, he wasn't drafted back in June. Um, uh, he was passed over, so the Canadians were able to pick him up. Don't forget about Hayden Hockey, um, guy with the best name in hockey. Uh <laughs> Uh, he's he's still um, in the mix. He's still on the depth chart. Um, Fukali's had, um, I'd, I'd say to be fair, he's had kind of an up and down training camp. He was uh, not very good in the the, the rookie uh, camp in London. He was awful in the, the red and white game. 
uh, and then he was he was fine in in uh, in the half a game that he played. Um, you know, he he's coming off a pretty rough season last season, and and so um, wherever he goes, whether it be St. John's or whether it be uh, to the Brampton Bees, the hope is that Zach Pucalli is going to get a lot of starts uh, and 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 readjust and get his game back. Uh, and um, and and live up to some of the potential that he and and I guess prove that he's not he was not just a you know an average goalie on on a very on very good team that he was on, uh, but that that he can uh, carry his weight uh, as well. All right, so still to come here on the Habs 360. Uh, later on, we'll talk about some changes that happened in the Canadians' power play, or a truth or false segment. But coming up next. We'll be talking about the the defensemen. A lot of bodies, a couple of spots up for grab. We'll tell you how we think that turns out on the other side of the break. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. This is the Habs 360 Podcast. Featured on allhabs.net. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a little bit uh, looking at the the start of the, the start of the season, um, signing a one-year deal in Edmonton. It you know, pretty much all signs pointed towards you know testing the market, um, and then once. You know, once the trade happened and I uh, I joined Montreal, I think you know the mindset um, you know, started shifting. And then you know as time went on and um, as I got to play in the uh, play in the environment and see how 
um, I was valued within the organization. I think that, you know, kept pushing things more towards the side of, of not testing the open market. The, the last day, um, you know, I had I had talked and we were kind of, uh, you know, everyone was packing up and, you know, saying goodbyes for the summer. And um, I had a couple of guys that came up to me and, you know, you know, wish me good luck with everything in the uh, that would happen over the summer. But you know, express that they they would really uh, you know like to have me back, and um, that meant a lot. Um, hearing from you know guys like Sue Ban and guys like Price, um, you know, guys that play a, a key role on this team. Um, hearing that from them, you know, they weighed in a lot on the uh, on the decision. All right, welcome back. I'm Chris G at Christie 1980 with uh, Rick Stevens uh, from uh, All Abs. .net. So we heard there from Jeff Petrie, who signed a six-year, $33 million contract that was announced on June 2nd uh, during the uh, the offseason. We heard him explain why he didn't test the free agency and the influence that players like uh, Carey Price and P.K. Subban had on his decision. And Rick, i got to tell you... Um, I was surprised, but pleasantly surprised, that Jeff Petrie re-signed with the Montreal Canadiens. I thought the Canadiens, because of the uh, demands of Jeff Petrie, unless before we didn't know what his demands were, I thought the Canadiens would have uh, would have let him walk when it comes on uh, July 1st. What are your thoughts? Well, uh, certainly it's clear that Jeff Petrie was... Um, Mark Bergevin's number one priority in the offseason, uh, and he followed through. Um, there was, there was, as as Petrie alluded to, there was there was lobbying going on uh, from the the players. Um, I, I think that we sometimes underestimate how important it is that to be part of a to feel that you're part of a team, to to feel wanted, to to feel. Um, you know, and 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 players are smart. They they know what, when they get in a new situation. It's pretty easy to figure out if it's a, a, a divided locker room or if there's forces being pulling you know in different directions. And I think Petrie saw that um, he liked playing here. The kind of of style that that he plays was was appreciated not only by uh, the coaching staff, fans, but but the players, his 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 teammates. Um, and so he he really felt um, uh, valued, and um, you know he's 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 now got a a young family. His daughter just uh, you know with the the whole headphones on and everything attended her first game this week. Um, uh, she was born in the off season, and and he kind of looking for some stability uh, for his career for his personal life. Um, he chose Montreal, and and I mean, um, could he have gotten more elsewhere? Uh, may, maybe, uh, but but maybe just a little more. Uh, five and a half million is is nothing to sneeze at. Uh, so I think it was it was the perfect mix of of uh, you know the the salary he was looking for, the environment he was looking for, uh, the teammates. Um, he was looking for, and, and uh, all credit to, to Mark Bergervan for going out and and making that happen so soon in the in the offseason. And a lot of players feel a connection to the team that drafted them, and 
a lot of times they decide and they resign the contracts with them naturally in the beginning of the year uh, beginning of their careers because they, they don't have much of a choice but I think for Jeff Petrie it was also special that he left from an organization where it was a, a losing tradition where he, the only thing he knew what to, how to do is lose and he came here to uh, Montreal where he had the best goalie and well even the best player of the league last year he had one of the best defensemen in uh, PK Subban he had a uh, well, let's call them, we'll round it up to a 40-goal score in Max Pacioretty, a team that's done relatively well in uh, the playoffs the last couple of years. I don't blame him. It's easy for him to uh, to want to stay in Montreal in, uh, in uh, that kind of environment. And, well, Jeff Peachy wasn't the only defenseman who uh, who signed a deal during the offseason. Nathan Bollier signed a contract as well. He he wasn't going anywhere anyways, but let's hear his thoughts on uh, the deal. Very quick. I mean, uh, you know, we, we knew what uh, we both wanted, and we agreed, uh, you know, we, we both had the same uh, same mind frame. We both wanted the same thing, and, uh, you know, I want, to be a, I want to be a Canadian, and, you know, I, I want to stay here, and there's, there's no other place I want to be, and we thought, uh, you know, overall the deal was very fair. Okay, well, it took a lot of patience. I mean, it was uh, you know it was a it was a journey. Um, you know, I had to play a little bit of a little time in the American League, and uh, you know, I had to figure uh, I, had to, I had to grow a little aspects of my game, and uh, you know, I figured uh, you know it was it was a process, and I feel like um, you know now I've grown into an NHL player, and I feel like me and uh, along with the, the organization, we've we figured out a plan for myself, and uh, we we know what I can do, and. Uh, um, you know, now that I, I feel like I've established myself as an NHL player, um, I feel like it's uh, it's a good time to take a, a big step forward in my career. Oh. So that following 13 was a year, two million dollar contract, and and Rick, I, if we look, compare Nathan year from how well we've seen, I'll say towards the end of last season and what we've seen so far uh, this year, the way he talks uh, to the media, the way that in the beginning he had a reputation of maybe not being mature uh, a couple of seasons back when he was sent down it was reported that he wasn't really happy and about that decision but now Rick he seems to be a lot more mature than he was then yeah definitely um, you know I, I think there's uh, still a little more to go there but but he's he's definitely on the right path he's not He's uh, quite a bit. Uh, he has matured quite a bit, and um, he he looks more confident on the ice. Um, sometimes you worry just about uh, you know his his defensive side. Um, he, um, he he sometimes is a little bit uh, lackadaisical and loses his focus, but but that's happening less and less. And and I think his his confidence and his ability to carry the puck and um, uh, contribute on the offensive side is is growing and and uh, that's a good thing. You know, you you have you have some in the media wanting to kind of rush him along. They're they're wanting him, you know, on the top pairing uh, with PK Subban. I I don't certainly not to start the season. I don't think he's he's anywhere near ready uh, to start playing against some of the league's best players just yet. Um, 
but he's on the right path. And, and I think um, some more patience, uh, let him grow into, um, you know, a, a, maybe the second pairing role um, and, uh, and, and a, a slow progression uh, would be better for him, for him, I think. And well, when we kept talking about Nisi Bolia, the name that always paired up to him, like a, like an old couple is Jared Nordy, and well, Jared Nordy on his side, he he hasn't been impressing uh, many people. He, he had a tough year last season, and he seemed to have taken the fact that he was sent down last year uh, not that well. But on the other hand, he hasn't delivered. He didn't have a great season last year. And even when you played, he's played a couple of games this week during uh, the training camp. And I wasn't impressed by his performance. And Rick, what do you think is going on with Jared Tenorti? Do you think slowly, slowly we're, we're going to see the ends of Tenorti with the Canadians? Uh, if if that happens, if it is, uh, if if that's where this is going, if if Canadians and Tenorti will part ways, that's um, that's really a shame, and and the Canadians uh, should take full blame for that. I I put nothing on Jared Tenorti. Jared Tenorti has done um, what he's been asked to do. He's played outside of his his. He's been asked to play outside of his capabilities. He's been forced into roles that don't suit him. He's he's. It's 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 odd to me because it's completely different, completely opposite to uh, the way they've dealt with Nathan Beaulieu. Um Nathan's, uh, you know, when he came up, um, uh, Michelle Terrian would put him on the ice. He would make mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake, and he'd still get the next shift. Uh, he he for for uh, a good portion. Uh, early on, he looked horrible in his own end. He looked completely lost, had no idea how to read uh, the offense coming in, but he still got his shifts. Uh, Jared Tenorti was just the opposite. Jared Tenorti would go out and have you know several good shifts, and then he'd turn the wrong way or the puck would skip over his stick, and he'd be nailed to the bench and... Um, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand. We know we know that that Michelle Terrian is moody. We know that that he picks his favorites. Um, but why would you pick against a six foot six, uh, solid uh, stay at home defenseman um, who skates incredibly well, has great reach? Uh, the, the development of this young player has been. Um, just a crime in, uh, by the Canadians. And, and I'm really sorry to see uh, the way it's playing out. Um, Tenorti had a rough first period the other, uh, the, the ex- exhibition game he played. Um, but as the game went on and, and uh, you know, he kept getting his minutes in the exhibition games, he got much better. He broke up a, a rush in the third period that, Again, showed that he has the skills, has the reach. He's the biggest knock on Tenorti is not his skill. Um, it's it's that he gets really down on himself. Uh, and I I I think the the organization knows that and shouldn't contribute to it. Shouldn't pile on. 
to undermine his confidence. Tarion is, is excellent at undermining a player's confidence. Uh, he's done that for years with Lars Eller. Um, and I don't understand why he enjoys that role so much, but uh, they've done it with Jared Tenorti. And, um, and it's, it's too bad because the, the Canadians, had they properly developed him, uh, could have used him in the lineup. Um, I'm not saying that, that it's over. Um, you know, there's still a chance for, for this thing to turn around, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to require a different approach. And I think that's, you know, many of the fans were looking at um, a Larry Robin, Robinson type who could come in, mentor young players. Um, you know, it took Larry a, a couple of years, too, given his big size to adjust. And, and he understands that that uh, that transition. And and um, it's, it's unfortunate that the Canadians didn't go out and get somebody like that to... Uh, to mentor these young players um, and and help build their confidence. And was a decision, but Canadians are going to have to make a decision relatively soon because while well, they can't send Tenorti to the uh, AHL because he's going to go through waivers, and then while well, at least we're all expecting him to get uh, to get picked up if uh, that route is uh, is chosen. Uh, during the off season, Canadians did also sign a defenseman, Mark Barbario, who is a, a local boy from Montreal. He signed to a, two, uh, a two-way contract. But it's the same thing for him. If he goes, if they can even send him down to the AHL, he'll have to clear waivers. And then there's also Craig Patteron. Oh, the same decision with him. If he gets sent down to AHL, he's going to have to go through waivers as well. But Craig Patteron, I found that he's been keeping, he's been keeping it simple playing his game, and while being a solid defenseman. And, Rick, let me throw a couple of uh, my defensive pairings to you. If All right. I was, this is how I would like the Canadians look on uh, opening night. I'm not saying this is how they will be. I'm saying this is what I would do. This is how I would like them to be. Uh, first pairing, I go with Bollier and Subban. And the reason why I'm pulling Bollier as in my number one pairing, he would actually be alternating with uh, with Andre Markov. I want a, uh, to manage Markov's time a bit better, manage his minutes, and make sure he's ready to go in the in the, in the playoffs. Second pairing would be Andre Markov and uh, Jeff Petrie. Like I said during the game, they could be alternating between him and Bollier, and in the third pairing. I would like it to be Tenorti and Craig Patteron. So that means we have some extra defensemen, Tom Gilbert, Alexi Emelin, and Mark Barbario are are my three men out. And while I haven't been a fan of Alexi Emelin over the last couple of seasons, I think that um, for the role he could bring, and considering the defensemen the Canadians have, he's too expensive. Canadians could, uh, could use cheaper players to do what he brings to the game. He struggled last night against the Chicago Blackhawks as, as as well, especially in the beginning of the game. And then, well, Mark Barbario take a risk, send him down to the AHL if he gets picked up. Well, good for him. And then Tom Gilbert, I keep him on a team as a number seven defenseman in case of uh, injuries. What do you think? Um, 
Well, I think it's it's not bad. Um, I, I again, uh, as I said earlier, I don't think uh, Nathan Beaulieu is ready uh, for that first line pairing. So we'll we'll disagree there. Although you say it's it's um, it would be a, a a bit of a, a shared situation. Um, I think that that uh, Alexei Amelin is is uh, undervalued certainly by the fan base. Um, you know, he he did have a rough start uh, to the game last night, but he had lots of company. Uh, the Canadians were awful, uh, particularly in the first period. Uh, Learnout had a, a really tough time, and and uh, and Emlyn took the a lot of the blame for that. Emlyn ha- finished the game with nine hits, so. It uh, wasn't that he had a um, – the game was a complete washout for him. Uh, and I think that, that the the reason I like Alexi Emelin is that Carey Price likes Emelin. Um, Carey Price goes out of his way, even when he's not asked, to praise Emelin. Uh, they show up at social events together. Um, Alexi uh, – Carey Price realizes that Emelin is, is – is the only defenseman that the Canadians have that puts fear into the uh, forwards of the opposition. You know, P.K. Subban used to go occasionally for the big hit. He doesn't anymore, and that's good. That's a good thing. Um, and Greg Patteron, he's a solid body checker, you know, uh, but Alexei Amelin can, can ring you up. And um, so the but opposition I- notices... But can't Jared Tenority do that? Uh, Jared Tenority, um, uh, he he's he's he can play physical. Jared Tenority is really good at clearing the front of the net, uh, but he's not gonna he's he's not gonna make people uh, worry when they come across the blue line in the same way. Um, there's you know there's physical both or all three of Emelin, P- Patteron, and Tenority. They're all physical, but physical in different ways. Uh, but out of the three, Emelin's the one that can hurt you. Um, and I think that's what forwards um, would be worried about the most. Uh, for me, in this whole mix, um, if if we're looking at seven defensemen, the one who just doesn't fit anymore uh, is Tom Gilbert. Um, if, if, if I'm forced to live with with uh, mistakes by a defenseman, I'd much rather live with the mistakes of Jared Tenorti than the the, the 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 turnovers and constant mistakes of Tom Gilbert. I know he plays penalty kill. I know you know he's he's a bit of a veteran, but um, my understanding of the role of Tom Gilbert was that he was supposed to come in and be the Jeff Petrie when they got him. Hmm. Um, you know, be that be that uh, second wave defenseman, and he didn't turn out that way. Uh, he was supposed to be, you know, he's the possession guy, and and so now that the Canadians have Jeff Petrie, and and the real Jeff Petrie, um, Tom Gilbert is. I don't see how he fits in this this defensive core right now. Uh, so he, what are your... he would be my guy on the outside. So, what do your top six look like? What are your, your pairings on the opening night against the Leafs? Um, I'd have uh, Subban, uh, Markov. I'd have Petrie, Emelin. Um, I'm even happy with Petrie, Beaulieu. Um, and then um, Pattern and and, um, and who's ever, you know, out of those, those two. 
Yeah, in in the number six position, I still find I, I know salary shouldn't matter, but I would find him an expensive uh, number six defenseman to uh, to have there, especially yes. considering you have like a two million dollar defenseman as your number seven as well. But well, hindsight, you're you're right, um, but but uh, it's kind of odd to have a um, one million dollar guy on the first line of your power play in Simmons. So I th- I think when the season begins, th- those numbers go out the window, sort of. Yeah. Yeah, and you also have a $1 million defenseman being a number four defenseman. Yeah, so, exactly. So I guess it could go either way. All right, so we'll see how that turns out for sure. Next week at this time, when episode 148 of uh, Hab360 will have a better idea of uh, what a defensive core will look like for the Montreal Canadians heading into uh, the uh, season opener. We're going to take a break on the other side. Is JJ Daniel the savior of the power play? We'll talk about that and more. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the St. John's Ice Caps or the Brampton Beast more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs 360 podcast and Anthony from r2canvas.com are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season. The contest will run during every Habs home game in the regular season and will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of r2canvas.com. Listen to the Habs 360 podcast and follow Habs 360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details. And for high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit r2canvas.com. Good luck. Habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. This is the Habs 360 Podcast, featured on allhabs.net. Craig is going to work with Jean-Jacques Daniel. We get different responsibility this year uh, uh, to assistant coaches. Jean-Jacques Daniel is going to be the guy who's going to run the power play. And uh, he's going to work really closely with Craig and Daniel Lacroix and Clément Jodoin will work together regarding the penalty killing. So uh, um, Craig's got a lot of experience and uh, 
sharing his idea, not only on the special team, not only on a power play, but regarding play, teams playing five on five. So, uh, all right. So we, that was the big news that was announced by Michel Terrier uh, this week, following a practice in Brossard, and it looked like Terrier went into the press conference wanting to announce it because at one point he even mentioned it to the Gazette's Pareki, don't you have a question about the power play? So he wanted one to be able to uh, spit out the news of this change. So Jean-Jacques Daigneault and Craig Ramsey will now be in charge of the power play. Dan Lacroix and Clément Rodouin will be in charge of uh, the penalty kill. So Craig Ramsey was brought in as a Canadian's coaching consultant uh, during the offseason. Last year, Ramsey was an assistant coach with the Edmonton Oilers. But he's also worked with the Florida Panthers, the Boston Bruins, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Flyers, the Senators, and the Sabres. So he definitely does have lots of experience. The fact that he keeps changing team, well, you could take that in in many different ways. And, well, we were all expecting something to happen in in the power play because last year in the regular season, Canadians finished with a 16.5% on the power play and in the playoffs with a horrible five and a half uh, percent. So I guess Rick, it can't get any worse than it was last year. I don't know how else we could <laughs> say about this. They just switched chairs and I'm not sure how much of a difference it will, it will make because I think when it forget about Craig Grimes because he wasn't here, but I'm sure Jodouin, Lacroix, JJ Daniel, Michel Terrier, uh, at one point, I'm sure they did get involved in applying the power play, even though uh, it wasn't what their title said. You're, you're right. I, I think, and I think that's that's uh, probably one of the the problems of the power play for the past two years is too many cooks in the kitchen. I mean, um, Clem Jadoan was they. This is this is kind of being pinned on Dan Lacroix, kind of. Um, and uh, that J.J. Daniel is going to come in and take and and, and fix it, but Clem Jordan was was uh, pretty involved, um, and and you know, it's it's Michelle Terrian who who really uh, sets the um, the direction uh, of the power play. With the power play, I mean, there's there's two um, components of it. There's the tactics part. Like how do we approach this? What, what are our zone entries like? How do how do we uh, form form up? Uh, but there's also the personnel, and and that goes back to Michelle Terrian. I mean, it, no matter how you cut it, um, the difficulty on the power play last year was you had two superb uh, pivots on the back end. You had the the, the quarterback in Markov. You had the shot in Subban. All teams had to do was take either one of those guys away, and the power play crumbled because there wasn't there wasn't the players up front. Pacioretty, sure, but Dearnay uh, was supposed to be the guy in front of the net. He doesn't like to play in front of the net. Uh, he he and and you know he doesn't have the, the the size or the skills to do so. So he would be parked off the side of the crease. Um, and there was just no threat down low for the Canadians. Um, so, you know, um, switching the deck chairs, um, I don't know. Uh, is J.J. Daniel going to be the solution? I don't know. Craig Ramsey, I have a great deal of confidence in. 
Um, he is a special teams guy. He's very smart, tons of experience. He's got that connection with Rick Dudley, um, who I imagine was, was a big influence in bringing him to the Canadians. Uh, they were together with, with the Panthers, together in Buffalo. Um, so, you know, as long as I, I was a little disappointed in um, Craig Ramsey's title as a consultant. Consultants present information. Um, you know, the coaches will choose whether they listen to it or not. I would have rather seen Ramsey, uh, you know, as, a, as an associate coach or, or uh, something else. But um, maybe that's, that's nitpicking. Uh, so far, you know, in practice, it was good to see that that the Canadians were working on their zone entries. So whoever it was, whether it was Ramsey or Daniel, there's, there's a correct diagnosis of what some of the problem uh, of the power play was. Um, and in the exhibition, we've only had one um, chance to see it, but um, the, the, the first wave, the five, uh, Eller, Galchenyuk, Simon, Markov, uh, Subban, that's a power play. That was puck movement. That was five guys um, attacking uh, the goal, and and that that was, is what was missing uh, last year. Eller parked right in front of of the goalie. Um, you know, that's got potential uh, as long as as Terrian can can uh, sit back uh, and and not play his favorites in those roles let Daniel and Ramsey handle the power play. There might be a reason for optimism there. And also one thing that's going to help out the Canadians' power play, I think, is the addition of uh, Alex Semin. Even though he didn't have success last year, I think the threat, at least in the beginning of the season, the threat of him being on the ice might open up some room for uh, for other players. But that being said, he needs to capitalize on uh, some of them be a threat in order to work. And the fact that the Canadians will have Jeff Petrie for the entire season instead of him coming at the trade deadline, that will definitely um, that will definitely help it uh, as w- as well. I don't know if it's about points, you know, it's all about uh, how I how I play. But uh, I got 20 days to prove something, so every day is important for me. So that was it, Thomas Fleischman following the game against the uh, the Washington Capitals. Uh, my opinion from last week was that I think that I thought Fleischman is going to make the team. Or the All Habs readers on the poll of the week think that um, Fleischman has the biggest chance of making the Montreal Canadiens. He had one goal and assist against the Washington Capitals. But Rick, do you agree that he's making the team? Um, you know, for for um, perhaps injury insurance, you know, the Canadians have a whole boatload of players at at the bottom end of their lineup. Um, they maybe have four fourth fourth lines, um, but but Fleischman, you know, he's let's just say he's done everything that he can do to sh- to show that he wants to be in Montreal, um, and you know. I, I'd rather see a younger player in that role, but um, you have to give him credit. He's he's uh, he would be valuable as far as uh, if if there was injuries to uh, to be available and bring that experience. 
Yeah, I think he's going to stick around, like you said, for injury insurance. Because when it comes to being the, uh, I guess, number 13 forward or the 14th forward, you always want that to be uh, not a youngster who, who needs to play. So I think that's also another reason that uh, Thomas Fleischman will be kept around. And in terms of the cap, well, he's not going to cost a lot of money no matter what uh, what he signs. I'm sure he'll get uh, Brian Flynn money or or uh, or or less. Any other surprises, Rick, come, that you think might make the team? The options that were in the All-Habs poll were Daniel Carr, Charles Ludon, Michael McCarron, and Sven Andrigero. Charles Ludon has definitely had a, a good camp. On my end, I don't think any of those four players will will start with the Canadians this season. Charles Sudan's had a good camp. Um, Mike McCarron's really had a very good camp. Um, but the one for me who would be the smart choice would be Daniel Carr. Uh, and it's just because it, he's very versatile. Um, you know, he can he can sit up on the left wing of Thomas Buchanitz. He can play the fourth role, a fourth line role. He you can insert him in situations, and and he won't look bad anywhere. Um, he would be the smart one. I don't know if he's going to make it, but he would be the smart one. The the surprise for me is Devonte Smith Pelly has looked awful. He has done nothing whatsoever uh, to um, – I'm, I'm really surprised. He lost the weight in the offseason. I really thought he'd come in and, and make a big impression. He's done nothing, and, and he looks like he's on the bubble. Um, and that's uh, – that would be – if I was uh, him, I, I'd be a bit concerned about my place on the team. Well, when you mean on the bubble, you were looking at him being a number 13 forward, right? Exactly. So, uh, so we just have enough time now for our, our one of our new segments, Truth or False. Uh, if you missed this last week, the way it will work, I'll be reading uh, a statement, and then me and Rick will be going back and forth and saying if we agree or well, if the statement is true or if it's false. Rick, I'll let you answer the first statement uh, first. It goes back to Dustin Tokarski that we spoke about in the first segment last season. He had 16 starts. True or false, Tokarski will start more than 16 games this season. False. Um, And I think for all the reasons we talked about before, um, I think Kerry's going to play a lot. And I think there's a chance of of somebody like Mike Condon coming up and stealing a, a couple of starts away from Tokarski. So I say false. I'll agree with you as well. I'll take that uh, that he will start 16 games because I'm not even sure Tukarski will be with the Canadians for the entire season. Second one, uh, I'll go first on this one. Andre Markov's his uh, ice time last season, his, his average was 24 minutes and uh, 4 seconds. So truth or false, Markov's ice time will be at least 24-04. And I'll say it's, I'll say it's false. With the addition of Jeff Petrie, with Nathan Bowyer gaining some uh, more experience and uh, Craig Patterson as well in the mix, I think the Canadians have a, a better defensive core than he did at this time last year. And I think the coach, Michel Terrier, will will manage his time and make him play a little bit less. I'm not saying he's going to go down to 20. This is one where I think that it might end up being like 23-59 but I'll say that's false that he's going to play less than 
Rick. I'm going to hedge a little bit and say I hope it's less than 2404. Uh, problem is, Tarion likes him. You know, under Markov had a really good season last year, uh, and um, uh, you know was was out of gas by the time it came to the playoffs. I I, I hope it's less, uh, but you know uh, he's 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 got the confidence of the coach, so it it could be again where he's right at that level. So is that true or false? <laughs> I, said, I hate these questions. Uh, I will say false. Uh, okay, Paul. And the last one, Rick, you can go first on this one. It's about Jared Nordy that we spoke about in the last segment. True or false, Jared Nordy will be with the Montreal Canadiens at the season opener. Uh, with with the Montreal Canadiens organization or uh, on the roster of the Canadiens in Toronto? Um, let, let me say yes. Uh, I'm going to be hopeful and um, and say that they realize, particularly Mark Bergevin will realize his value, realize that it takes a little bit of time to, to uh, get him to adjust. And I'll, I'll say yes, he will be. Uh, probably He's not going to be in the starting lineup, but, but he'll be there. He'll be on the roster. I'll say, uh, I'll be different. I'll say false on this one. I think that he won't. Where will he be? I have no idea, and I guess I don't know if I'm. I just have a gut feeling something somehow. The Canadians have been involved in the trade. The only thing I'm not sure about this trade is I'm not sure if it will be before the regular season or will it be a, a couple of games in. But what the hell? Let's go there with false. But I could also see it being like you said, Rick, that he will be in the roster with an eight defenseman, maybe to start off the season until uh, things do work out, well, until they decide what the next steps will be. All right, so the Montreal Canadiens playing three games, preseason games, until our next episode starts off tonight at 7.30 p.m. Eastern at the ACC, facing the Toronto Maple Leafs once again. We're going to see a lot of them in the upcoming weeks. This game is available coast-to-coast on the Sportsnet and available to viewers in Belleville East on RDS. Monday night, 7 o'clock, in Quebec City, Montreal Canadiens facing the Pittsburgh Penguins at the the, uh, Centre Videotron, a game that will be available to uh, viewers in Belleville East on RDS. And then also on RDS on Thursday night at 7.30 p.m., Canadiens facing the... uh, Ottawa Senators. So the Canadians do have a couple of games, a couple of days off between Monday and Thursday. So maybe even before Monday night's game, maybe right after Monday night's game, we can see maybe another wave of cuts. But that being said, for sure, next week on episode 147, we'll let you know. Canadians should be down to the final roster and maybe a couple of extra players. So we'll be we'll talk about those final Battles will be previewing the season opener between the Montreal Canadiens and the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. And while we'll be making our predictions for the upcoming season and a lot more. Rick, thank you very much. Always glad to be here. Uh, Enjoy the game tonight. Thank you. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. My name is Chris G at ChrisG1980 on Twitter. And while we'll be back next Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern for another edition of the Habs 360 Podcast. Bye, everybody. 
For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.